Hey friends, it's Jace. Oh yes, it's Char. And you're tuned in to Kiss and Tell Radio. Alrighty. Another week, another dollar. Another dollar? I mean, it sounded right at the time, right? Someone said to me, another day, another penny. And he's like, I'll let you know when I get to a dollar. I was like, oh no, I, I prefer the dollar saying over the penny. Right. If we're being honest. Yes. It just came out. I don't know what that means. But hi, who are you? Wait, are we t- are we doing? Are we yeah, we're yeah, on, girl. We're on. You're just talking. What's up, girl? What's your name? What's your sign? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Joy. I'm one part of the Love Jays. And I'm Justin. I'm the other part of the oh Love Jays. Oh my god, Jays. there's somebody else here too. <laughs> oh yes, it's it's another foursome. Right. Another week, another foursome. Happy Black History Month, everybody. I forgot to say that last mm-hmm. week. I don't know how that slipped my mind. You know that we record this damn show on a Wednesday and then it drops on Friday. So in fairness, Friday, I mean, it was uh, February 2nd, but it was out of my out of my scope of things for the time being with the with the lovely twins. You can't forget that. Uh, Well, y'all mentioned it on this week's episode, (laughs) but y'all record on Monday when it was actually February. That's true. That that is true. Yeah. Right. So give us an excuse. And happy Valentine's Day to the love since Jace is a single Sally and I am. To the love, Jays. Thank you. We are married. We are. This will be what? Our 10th Valentine's Day together? Yes. Oh my gosh. A whole last decade? A whole decade. What are you guys doing? Do you have plans yet? No plans. Yeah, we don't. Except for the first one, he took me out on our very first date. Where'd you go? Was that Valentine's Day? Red Lobster. Uh oh. (laughs) Did you fuck (laughs) him? I was about to say. Not that. Now, you know, know formation is like two years. I think on the sixth, it turned two years old. Yeah, Super Bowl. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyonce pissed off the world. Correct. She didn't piss off the world. She She lit up the world. world. I said, because there's only one person right now who's pissing off the world. He who shall not be named. She did piss some people off. If you know what I mean. Yeah. But she did Facts. not piss off the world. That should be noted. White America. Um, let me read you all's <laughs> bio. So for all you all listening, uh, Justin and Joy started their journey together in 2008, as they mentioned a decade ago, as college freshmen. Inspired to create an online community for millennials seeking advice about love and relationships, the pair launched the Love Jays in 2012. The blog quickly gained traction, leading to a spot on Tracy Edmonds' YouTube network, All Right TV, and a 60-minute weekly radio show based here in Los Angeles. Married in August 2015, the newlywed couple launched the Married Millennials podcast, a weekly conversation about navigating life, love, and friendships, one student loan payment at a time. Justin and Joy are contributors for the Huffington Post and have appeared on several media outlets, including Blavity and LATV. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I like the way that bio read. I, I was like, hey. Nice. <laughs> and good. as of this week, we are featured on New and Noteworthy on iTunes. I saw that too. Congratulations. Thank you. Congrats. You understand what that means as fellow podcasters. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I was so hyped. I remember, yes. I remember when we saw it and recorded the video looking like a complete fool on Instagram. But that's a moment that, that you just you can't ever forget. My mom called it might have been my dad. I was like, so what does that mean? <laughs> being on New and Noteworthy. I was like, that's equivalent to being on the front page of the New York Times yes. for podcasts. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. iTunes, are you kidding me? Congratulations, yes. you all. That's we appreciate really it. Thank you. Um, so I was, when, when Jace told me that you all were coming, I have not seen you all since, I, I believe, 
I, when I first met you, which was at Jace's book signing. Yes, that in was Chinatown years ago. Yeah, that's still a low key spot that I always. Every time I pass it, I'm like, oh, that's. A I forget spot. about right. It was yeah. it was good. Jace had a book signing for his first book, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely, absolutely me, mm-hmm. and that is where I met you all there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, they're married because you all, of course, looked even younger. I mean, you look <laughs> young now, but you look even younger, and that always fascinates me. Yeah. When young, extremely young people are married, because I always have a flashback. Once upon a time, a girl named Shar was auditioning for the real world and <laughs> there was say you're engaged oh no <laughs> now you know if i were ever engaged you would have known that story right. we've been doing this like, for three I years know, but i was like wait how'd you hide that story from we've me? been doing this for three years but i say that to say i always think about this guy uh who i auditioned with because they put you in focus groups and things like that and he was 23 he was white 23 and he had been divorced twice oh, oh my god <laughs> all that where money. was he from though because i feel He's like from oklahoma yeah of so yeah I feel like that matters your identity is not even established at 23 years old no. but you know what i noticed because i i went to college in oklahoma that's where i did undergrad at and i noticed that for a lot of people uh it was like custom for like on prom night for you to get proposed to like the what whole oh yes Oh yes, Bubble that Bell. sounds like the at least worst at the time. Idea. I don't know if it's like that today. Yeah, but at the time, I'm I'm older than you all. I, I entered uh, <laughs> undergrad in 06. Wait, ha- so I'm two years. A, are you guys the same age? Yeah, yes. we're the same age. So you just turned 30. Yes, I know. Just he, he just, turned just turned 29. But I'm still older than you all. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> Look at her. Right. I still am old. Let me stop because <laughs> Kendall tweeted and said I'm an age elitist last week, <laughs> and I I saw that, which I am not. But uh, yes, by the way, happy belated birthday. Thank you very You're much. You're an Aquarian. I am. Joy over here is my my Earth I'm sign Virgo. sister. Mm-hmm. Yes. Virgo cap. So yes. yeah. Um, I actually met Joy and Justin back in the day. Yeah. Like MySpace. Day. Yeah, that was in like two, 2008. Was it 2008 or it 2007 that I met cause, you? Yeah, because Tyler graduated. So to give some context. Oh, it was 2008. They went to college with my younger sister five miles away from my college. And so we just... Black kids in Orange County, there's a very small group of us. <laughs> yeah. So we just kind of oh, switched yes, schools back and forth all the time. So we just kind of grew up in college together on two different campuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joy and Justin had been together since I literally met them mm-hmm. when we were throwing kids. back kids like throwing back and four MySpace, locos on jello that shots MySpace yep. thing was, and 40s was at the end of because i remember yeah. that's the last time at least i was on myspace was around 07 because facebook yes. mm-hmm. yep. they kind of made it about yeah. yeah, 07 08 is when myspace kind of tailed yeah. right yeah. and yeah, for yeah. your 20th birthday the turn up the turn up was iconic still in my college still to this it's day still talked and, about. I, and i actually got to use this as a disclaimer because we just re- on our on our most recent podcast we talked about birthdays yeah. and yeah. the yeah. whole uh-huh. catastrophe that, that it is and i told joy <laughs> that uh-huh. when it came to planning, I would beat her 10 out of 10 times. So I have to add an asterisk uh-huh. to that statement and say the 20th surprise birthday party that she planned for me, as Jace just said, was iconic. I could be done forever. I did such a good job on you that. What so, happened? What occurred? I wasn't there. I was in this Oklahoma. This is a chapter in my book when I tell <laughs> yes, you. Yes. Like literally. Yes. And it was, Joy hit me up on MySpace and was said, Jace, we're having a birthday party for Justin. It's his 20th birthday. I just turned 21 because mm-hmm. I'm about... You're, you're just a year older than me, a year and two weeks. A year and two weeks. So I was supplying the alcohol, um, mm-hmm. and I went to the chat room for this party, and it was just lit. There was Joy walked up in 
uh, freakum dress and heels. Yes. Work. By the end of the night, she was in Uggs <laughs> with her legs up in the air on an office chair uh, back with him grinding on yes. her. We it was pictures. just people oh. are on the counters. I yes. had a ball of UV blue. I was yes. making a, there was a DJ, a microphone. I had, like, a king, yes. I had a King Cobra 40. Sweat everywhere. And right. a 4XL Pro Club yes. on. So and it was a surprise. A house party. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. A surprise Iconic. house party, I thought. But it was, it was a little classy because I actually hired a DJ, which right. for a house party is you know yeah. in college is a real big a, deal there was food there were drinks yeah there was beer pong i don't even know there was a, a poster that our friend our graphic design major mm-hmm. friend helped us make and that's nice it was, it was huge that's Lit. the one thing that i regret from my birthday this year i have been planning and it, somehow it, it slipped my mind because my birthday's around a busy time mm-hmm. christmas new yes. year's well, the yeah, rents the due. Of the year. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh and i wanted to print out like a color because i had done i always do a photo shoot for my birthday yes. and i wanted to print out a color whatever like picture of it you know like a 20 by 20 yep. and have mm-hmm. people sign, sign it, it. Right. and i totally for literally i was just talking to nina about this because she just celebrated her birthday and i said oh my gosh i just realized i didn't blow out any candles which i'm not tripping about because i'm not a sweet so if maybe if you they put candles in like a nacho platter maybe right. I would put, <laughs> or a steak i'm not big you on need cake your birthday wish though i know that's what a prayer what? is for but you know <laughs> you know what no but because God. i didn't get any birthday cake or anything for my birthday last time which it was a fail on your part and Ooh, i didn't oh get a birthday this wish is not the love Jays and i'm episode still mad about it. So that, but, but you know, saying, you know what get this, your birthday wish this year has been fantastic for me so i think i am because i said that this year because i did not um because i only i mean i did things for my birthday but i said this entire year was going to be like the year of 30 so mm-hmm. i'm sure i'll get a candle like i'm gonna have to lie to someone in june or something and do be a like, half it's birthday half birthday yeah yeah but what i did my half birthday last year mm-hmm. nobody's gonna ask to check your id you can go to any restaurant and say it's my birthday where they gonna question you right you have, no. to have a friend do it you it's can't be like, exactly. <laughs> like it's her birthday yes. yeah yeah tell the waiter yeah so what did you guys do this weekend did anybody tune into justin timberlake and and what was going on with the philadelphia eagles and the nope. new Age england patriots i can admit that i did watch the super bowl much to much chagrin to probably a lot of black folks listening however i had not watched any football game in their entirety all year long okay. uh, but a friend of mine had invited us over for the super bowl and i was like why not let's watch it and i it actually turned out to be a, a really good game and we did watch the justin timberlake performance i may be in the minority here but i didn't walk away from his performance saying i hate justin timberlake and dragging him on twitter like everyone else did well, maybe i'm know, just maybe i'm missing some things so that's why i don't have so much hostility well, i was about to say hold there's a sordid history because people were digging up the receipts yes I, I too did not walk away from it saying that i hate him but i did walk away from it unmoved I didn't sway Completely either, but like unmoved. I wasn't like, yes, Agree. he slayed, he ate that, and Completely I wasn't agreed. like, oh my god, that blue, like it just was like, okay, I was it like, was, it was cool, it was so beige and boring. It was a Super Bowl performance, like I don't know what people want. I mean, well, I well, do know Super what people Bowl, want. you're well, supposed Beyonce, to. I Beyonce, we bring need pyrotechnics. I want yeah. lions, <laughs> Katy Perry, Missy <laughs> Elliott, right? Fireworks, pop up toasters. I did, I, I did like, I liked Bruno's. Bruno's is one that sticks in my head. And then well, who Bruno's else was good? I mean, I obviously like Michael Jackson, or like, okay, yeah. Diana Ross. But also consider the artist. And I'm not saying that JT's not legit. He's legitimate. But, like, you can't expect to get a Prince-level performance 
from Justin Timberlake. So but you like, know what? what do you want? NSYNC has more, uh, more like bops than Justin. Justin's more of a mid-tempo as a solo yes. artist. Right. Very true. had the dance numbers and I the energy. I think it would have been clutch if he brought them out. Yeah, that he didn't, exactly. Well, you know what? why he didn't want to bring them out? And I fully believe this. Because of J.C. Chazé. Because everybody knows that Justin is the second lead in NSYNC. J.C. is the one with the voice. I didn't Be clear. Really? J.C. is the Effie White of that dream girl situation. Look at that. Justin, Justin just spilling is, the tea. No, Justin is definitely, definitely the Dina Jones. He was good for manufacturing. He's, right. he's a cutie for sure. He's yeah. cute, and he has a little Billy Goat thing going on. He had with that the curly pipes. blonde hair back in the day. But JC yes. Chazé is the one when it comes to vocal, like sporty uh, spice. Yeah, I, I did want, I wanted more. But to me, I told Joy after I did say bring back Bruno while he was performing, and then to me, I just wish that there was more live singing. Like you're dancing all the time, and you're not really singing anything. Thing, you're moving all over the place. I guess I just wasn't. I, I was he, like I you. I was, was very unmoved. Li- but singing. I didn't. I didn't feel. He, compa- he was, but he was picking up lines every once in a while. Gotcha. But I heard later that they were having uh, technical difficulties. Of yeah, course, of course they were. Of course, right, of right. course. <laughs> yeah, I just was. I just I wasn't like compelled. His redneck outfit. The the, the outfit. Oh, the bandana. The army confusing. fatigue suit. Yes. I was like, no, well, but no, it had no, like no. a mountain on it. I saw something it was very uh, with a Bob Ross painting. Yeah, and it was comparing the two, and they were very similar. I I don't know. I don't agree with. I, guess, I went. The I went wardrobe. to a party, and I had a great time. Shout out to the Cottons, Kaylin Cotton. And afterwards, we mm-hmm. kind of spiraled into this conversation. It was just me and a few other uh, black women, and we started talking about work, like workplace politics as a black. Like we talked about everything: mental health, physical health, doctor checkups. Those are the best conversations. Like we just, just had one of those. <laughs> Literally, it was so it was so nuanced, and it felt so good to to get that out, and even. Kaylin's mother participated. It, it was nice to. It's I nice to hear from. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what I noticed? I was like, parents love me. Like I was like, you know, I, if I ever mm-hmm. get wifed up, I noticed that no matter what situation that I'm in, no matter what the introduction is, I've never met a parent that does not. Well, actually, oh, yeah. there's one. One of my friend's parents d- did not like me, but she didn't give me Who a chance, Pierre? and she did not know me. No, Shannon liked me, um, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm good with parents. I say all that to say I'm good with parents and pets. And aunties. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I that am. is a good quality. I am an auntie. Mm-hmm. So um, My weekend was good. Oh, I, speak, I was speaking of aunties, tour. hold on. Let What's me share that? this really quick story. So Friday, I went salsa dancing for Nina's birthday. Did you? And we were, yes, and it was a class, and we were swapping partners. And so it was, of course, the women. There were more women than men. So sometimes I was in the same sex situation. I was dancing with the woman. And so I walk up to this Asian girl, this this little Asian, well, she's a woman, an Asian woman. And I, I introduced myself. I say, hi, I'm Shar. This is after we had been <laughs> learning a few dances. And mm-hmm. she says, I know who you are. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> right. I said, I go, what? And she says, I listen to the show. You're Kendall's aunt, aren't you? Look at you. When I tell you I fell out because there's this running joke that I started that Kendall is my nephew. And so mm-hmm. the fact Which that is she true. is aware <laughs> Of Please. the running joke. Yes. yes. It, it just cracked me up because she was the last person that I suspected. Like, you never, you can you never, never put her never face. know. You black listening. environment. You're just like yeah. one Asian girl. Yeah. That was her. But no, yeah. even so, when I was doing YouTube, just as a solo entity, when mm-hmm. people would be like, I watch your channel, I'd be like, okay, I could see that. I see the views. But with podcasting, you just never know who's listening. Right. No idea. And so it's just, it, that was the that funniest was thing to yeah. me. Yeah. So, I, that's happened to me a couple times. So what did you end up doing, Jace? I was on a birthday tour. 
Like, and then my friends are apparently all Aquariuses, which I had no Shout idea. Shout out to the Aquarians well. in the world. My yeah, bank yeah. account was just dwindling. Is it Aquariuses or Aquarii? Aquarii? Aquarians. Aquarians. All of my friends are Aquarians. Yes. Aquarians. Okay. Aquarians. Yes. So happy birthday, obviously, Justin, who was here in the building. He had a great birthday. We all, it was like 13 of us that kind of congregated in his living room. And we all talked about, he wanted to orchestrate um, like a networking slash emotional purge slash (laughs) just everything. It was a really good conversation. So he has a lot of friends who are doing things. He kind of wanted us all to come together and talk about those things and see if we could kind of piggyback on each other's, you know, talents and Mm -hmm. connections and stuff like that. Like Easter Ray said, network across the board versus up. So we took his birthday to kind of uh, bring that to light and it's it's been moving he started an email chain and you know i've gotten a couple emails back yeah it's moving i've gotten a few calls and texts you're very welcome Uh that's good appreciate it now you know just to speak to that because i just had this conversation earlier with someone just to speak to the Issa ray quote really quickly um i believe that because i think a lot of people have that confused with the networking uh, uh, you know like on your level type thing mm-hmm. because the way that i interpreted and, her- and heard that was network with people that are kind of like aligning with what you're doing because i have a friend who is uh bringing a lot of us together but we're in different fields and capacities and right. i don't care to know what other people are doing in that capacity am i making sense like if we were in a room for networking and i am i want a talk show which i do and i'm in a net and i'm in in the meeting with social media influencers or musicians and things like that i don't feel that we would have a lot of common ground as far as sharing ideas am i making sense or am i sounding like a bitch uh, I, I hear, I, I hear like what you're saying. I think this is a bad example because I feel like you would have more in common with those people because it's kind, of, it's all media. Like there's, there is kind some sort, crossover. But what am I going to talk to musicians about? But let me talk. If it's like what you're are in the room with people ideas? who are in finance, maybe it's like, well, like there's nothing. There. Okay. There's genuinely nothing. Nothing there. there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I feel you. It just wasn't the best example. So but coming I, from I a place <laughs> that yeah. I came with, you know, my register to this event, not knowing i know maybe half the people in the room uh-huh. or i knew what they did but the other half of the people i didn't know and i kind of left with okay like i know what you do and i got that kind of alliance like for example like tyler my sister penny she's throwing a, a teen music festival she connected with the guy who runs um group homes which is two totally different fields but that makes but now sense. she's right. but like going into an environment Music festival and group homes, nonprofit, are not really two different things that kind of align. Right. So and she's I, doing it for teens, and he has a teen group home. Yeah, but, but, but there's there's two issues with this this whole overarching thing, and I mentioned it when we had the meeting on Saturday. Is I'm not a fan of networking because the problem is is net is networking is no this facade and no saying one. okay you know this is how can we help each other from a professional level and we're going to be very fake and and pretend mm-hmm. to pseudo help each other and it's a big and waste of time for, and yeah never, and never follow up people there yeah and have, like, I, I just don't ties. I don't like the idea behind networking because I I believe that true work is done when relationships are established and you can't establish a real relationship if you're not inviting a place of vulnerability and emotional connection. So I'm not a fan of networking. And that's why I said in the meeting, I said, this is not a networking session. It was definitely emotional. Yeah. It, yeah. Tears were shed. I was one of the guys crying. I think I was the first one. I'm an emotional you guy. Sure so were. yeah, I was, but it's and like, you, yeah, correct. <laughs> it's like, you need to, we need to create more environments where we can engage and help each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, to speaking to your, your point of saying, you don't know if you can get, 
you know, something from, say, you're interested in hosting a talk show and you don't know if you can get something from a musician or and a business. And it's not all about give and take. For I sure. Want, I want to say that. But I'm yeah. just saying, if we're in a room swapping ideas, yeah. just like I, I would have nothing to weigh in on their business side of things. Like, I'm not in I'm not in the business of marketing musical acts. Definitely. I'm not in the business of, of negotiating rates for a musical act. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it would be see, different if I were in a room with Oprah and Wendy and Ellen yeah. versus if I'm in a room with Jennifer Hudson and Gladys Knight. True. But what I what I take from that is if you can create it if you created a space that was beyond the pseudo networking bs that we know as is networking events currently uh-huh. if we were to create a space where we can sit down and have a real conversation and go beyond char the person who's interested in hosting her own tv show and so-and-so who's interested in, in being a musician and we're able to sit and have an authentic conversation we may be able to find out that there's more to us yeah, behind what my general interests are and that's what we saw on Saturday there's mm. people in that room I've known for years uh-huh. 5, 10, 15 years and found out new information right there on Saturday and the only reason why I found that information is because we created a place where we were vulnerable and we could go there and say hey I am more than just the podcaster mm-hmm. I am more than just a writer I'm more than just an actor and then you find like okay well I didn't know you did this. Well, I have this person or a friend who could really right, help with this. Right. But we can't get that when we're playing the BS game. What can you do for me? What can I do for you? Here's right, my card. Exactly. Call me, text me, email me. It's a bunch of bullshit. That's how so many of them are. And you know what also pisses me off? I don't want to go on a tangent about this, but what also <laughs> sends me through the roof is that oftentimes in those if, in those instances where we're swapping business cards and things like that, a lot of times when you call and email these people, they, they, never, they no. never do. No. Even if it's just, I just want to touch base. I want to, hey, are you free on Wednesday Let's afternoon? Let's go get coffee. Let's go to yes. Starbucks, my treat. You right. will not get a response. That baffles me. And so right. it makes me wonder, what is the, what was the point of exactly. even swapping and, information? And to Justin's point, that's why he was saying it's about establishing relationships. The a relationship. And you why just, are you, you here? Can't, yeah. You can't do it if, it, it, yeah. And we're all more than one thing. That is that true. That is something that I, yeah. I'm constantly surprised by in life, you know, people that you may work with and you think, oh, okay, you're a sound engineer and that's all you do. But it turns out they volunteer at an animal shelter and Mm -hmm. they're an amazing cook and host these wonderful dinners and their passion is to travel the world or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I know people continue to amaze me. Yeah. And they'll, we we all are multi-layered like an onion. Exactly. Everyone is. Speaking of dressing, I really like your sweater. Thank you. This is my, <laughs> you guys I can't really see like it, sweater. but it is my new company, which is called Purpose Over Profit. So for those who don't know, I was laid off at the top of the year. Happy New Year to me. Mm-hmm. A company I was with. Yeah, now. cheers. <laughs> Happy, uh, a company I was with for almost five years, and the gentleman I worked with were friends since college. We had been to each other's weddings. It, we've had 10 years of, of friendship, and basically we came back from the new year, and they said, hey, Jay, we're going in a different direction. You're done. And it kind of took me, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot to, to digest in, in the moment. More so because of a how it was done and b mm-hmm. the relationship. It's always how it's done. It's always, mm-hmm. you know, always how, how, it's, how done. it's done. But you know the the great thing is is it gave me my voice and it gave me my purpose. I had been playing the one foot in, one foot out dance with Love Jays with married millennials. I've always wanted to be a public speaker, but you know I've been playing the the balance mm-hmm. in the act of having a, a full-time job as well as having a, a side hustle project just like everyone else in Los Angeles is doing. So when I got laid off, you know, and, and, and to give more story to the layoff was a few weeks leading up to the end of the year, Joy and I always pick a theme of each year. Instead of doing New Year's resolutions, we pick a theme. And this is the fifth year that I've done it, and I was struggling with finding my theme. 
I was like, I don't know what my theme is. And I'm sitting there, and, and the word that keeps coming up was self-validation. And I look at Joy, and I said, that's not the word I'm looking for, but self-validation. Mm-hmm. What, what kept coming, kept coming. And I was like, well, what is it? You know, I was like, that's not really making sense. I was like, I can't articulate what I'm trying to say. I'm in the shower, and I just hear purpose loud as, loud as ever. And I was like, okay, well, let me go check and see if I've used this word before because I'm an, organized, an organization freak. So I pull up my spreadsheet, and I was like, okay, <laughs> no, I haven't used this word. And I was like, purpose, 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 purpose. I was like, okay, that's my word, purpose. That was on New Year's Day, January 1st. We sat down to record an episode of Married Millennials around 3.30 that afternoon on, on New Year's Day, and I said, I'm ready to walk in my purpose and live my purpose, speak in my truth. And I had said it with so much conviction, you would have thought that I was no longer working. And I remember hearing myself say it while, you know, while I was recording. And I was like, you know what, let me just throw in a little caveat about my job so they don't think that I'm out. But, <laughs> right. but you know, I, I, I just didn't, I didn't even know I had that much conviction. Mm-hmm. Less than 24 hours after recording that episode, you were out. I was laid off. And, wow. and and so people look at that. You know, there's there's you know, perspective is everything. You can look at it as a negative, or you can look at it as a positive. Yes, there were cons to that layoff. Obviously, the most obvious answer is, is financial. Mm. But the the beauty is it it birthed my idea, and that is this sweatshirt that you see is Purpose Over Profit, uh, which will be my nonprofit brand. Or excuse me, not my my nonprofit brand. It will be the catalyst for my speaking engagements as well as an apparel lifestyle brand nice. when god says no you say thank you, you. yes you do and and that's nice. and that's what it is so i am i'm very excited the website is in development right now everything mm-hmm. should be launching here in the next week or two so i can't give too much but <laughs> right purpose over profit is, is coming well here's we'll the place Peter to plug you. it yes right all right well are we are we ready to hop into the corner let's get in the corner shar and now it's time for the LGBT corner. Okay, so my LGBT corner uh, this week goes out to Trulia. I was first introduced to Trulia.com when I first relocated to Los Angeles, and I was homeless. Well, I really wasn't homeless. I was living in a hotel. I'm like, what? But I, yeah, everybody knows this. Like the hotel, I've shared yeah, this story. But I thought you were all, like on the streets. Oh yeah. no, I was never on the streets, but I was living in a hotel, and my right. money was dwindling, honey. Yeah, okay. I'm still homeless. That, yeah, there's still some there was panic no home. There. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I feel you. So, uh, so Trulia is one of the first websites that I was ever on looking for a place did I ever get anything out of it no do they still email me to this day letting me know of properties <laughs> yes um, but they are uh, providing information as of today which is uh, Wednesday February 7th 2018 Quincy Jones Day but we'll get to that uh, they are providing Ooh. information uh, to home buyers <laughs> to LGBT home buyers on local legal protections so um, they launched it. It's literally called Local Legal Protections, a new quality of life metric, which will appear on every one of Trulia's for sale and off-market listings. It aims to help members of the LGBT community gauge the status, or lack thereof, of non-discrimination laws ensuring equal access to housing, employment, and public accommodations in given jurisdiction. So this is going to help because there's a lot of, as we know, we're all black in here, as we know that there are different layers of discrimination. Hell, even even the, the current guy in the White House has been on record for, for not letting black people become residents, you know, back in the day, yep. in his towers. So there are different layers to discrimination. And, and with, with Trulia launching this, 
hopefully this will protect a lot of LGBT people who are qualified and who have the coins to get housing. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they won't be turned away just strictly off of the strength of, oh, two dads and a child or, you know, someone, you know, who is. Yeah. Is this national? Um, well, it's, it, it's going to depend because some okay. places are, <laughs> right. so I was going to the get to a little excited. <laughs> yes. I was going to get to that. So federal housing and employment laws prevent discrimination on the basis of sex, race, age, religion, and ethnicity, but sexual orientation and gender aren't covered. That should be noted. Mm. Currently 22 states plus Washington DC have expanded their anti-discrimination laws to include LGBT protections. And Trulia estimates that 55.2% of all housing units are covered by such statutes either at state or local level. So 22 states you can that that this uh you can benefit from this less than half that's yes. less than half that should be noted right, right. and it might dwindle i mean oh, no. with the current guy in the white house you Listen. know is this good news you never not? know i mean well the lgbt corner the point of it is to point out something that's going on right. in the so i mean it's good news i think for, it's good news because peop- for 22 states yeah right. yeah <laughs> and people talk about things people start to take action because i didn't know anything about you know laws with housing and discrimination to be honest yeah. i, I that's what's happens. important to, to vote at the local level. Right, yep. right. Yeah. And yeah. I remember a particular story. I remember when I was looking for an apartment in um, Los Angeles a while back with my ex. And I remember kind of the looks that we got from landlords. Like, hey, look, one bedroom? Yes, a one bedroom. Oh, I know we, but I saw the ad online. So why? How is it? People, our, that, because you know, people mm-hmm. have so many preconceived notions. Not only are you gay, but you're also black. Right. So they already have in their mind, based off of whatever images mm-hmm. or content that they've been consuming, what you might give or stories they might hear right. from Robert their friends. Like I let. Right. 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 So yeah, that's the LGBT corner. Shout out to Trulia for for taking strides. Thank you. Definitely Julia. major kudos. To hopefully, Julia. with my next place, you know, hopefully I won't have to turn to anyone. One. I like Hopefully your place it'll just now. be. I know I'm gonna be there for a minute, but it, it'll be time to move soon. Um, How soon? So mind your business. Let me know. I'll take over. Damn, <laughs> she's making moves. I'll move to so, Rock. Uh, so yeah, shout out to them. So let's get into my topic. Okay, so d- <laughs> during my corner, I named you know today. I hear I'm here by naming the seventh of February. The year of our Lord, 2018 A.D. <laughs> as Quincy Jones Day, yes. because he literally owned the internet yes. today. Well, he said he had nothing to lose. I mean, and I guess he felt that. Way. Listen, when you reach Is a particular age, like, no, he's, he's not. He's 84. He's he like, care. I'll be out. Soon and he enough. said he does not fear <laughs> the beyond. Like it just is whatever. If you all get have not had the chance to read this interview mm-hmm. please we will post it under the link right he sat down with vulture and it was the most insane of insane <laughs> interviews he went in on a lot of different things um he aired out a lot of today's music producers for not being musically inclined and being lazy and not honing in on their craft because mm-hmm. everything's so repetitive mm-hmm. he told us that michael jackson was a thief he did not say that he was yeah. not talented because michael jackson was extremely talented but he was a bit of a, he a said biter he was greedy. And, and he also said he was a thief he bit off of donna summer he stole right. some stuff from her um he named all the names that's what i appreciate about him because he, like, he, he doesn't care, care. He the biggest the, the biggest smoking gun was of course marlon brando uh sleeping with richard Pryor, james mm-hmm. baldwin and marvin gay not at the what? same time okay see i only got halfway <laughs> through the article and i told you that so I didn't see he that. He said, much. and then Richard Pryor's uh, 
widow came out and spoke to TMZ and she confirmed the story. She said oh. it was the seventies. It was the seventies. She heard, I believe her quote was the drugs were good. Quaaludes were, quaaludes were in. And if you were high enough, you would fuck a radiator and bring it flowers in the morning. <laughs> so, uh, and Quincy's story was that Marlon Brando, who was extremely attractive. I didn't fall into him until a lot of the Twitter threads today. Uh, he, was basically Quincy said that he would sleep with anything. He would literally sleep with anything. And I don't know how he ended up. I mean, well, there have been stories of Richard Pryor in fairness. Richard Pryor has openly admitted to sleeping with men when he was younger. He entertained a trans woman who he did not know was trans, even though they had sex, but he found out the next day. It's weird. Um, uh, James Baldwin. We know I revere James Baldwin. We know he's gay. Um, and so the Marvin Gaye thing is what threw me off though. Cause Marvin Gaye was fine as hell too, but we've never heard any accurate, any stories of him i've heard things about red fox and you know they're they're hollywood talks they are fluid so um and so and when you have a certain amount of when you have (laughs) when you have money and access a lot of people do a lot of different things and Mm -hmm. so but yeah so that was the biggest smoking gun he also went on to say the beatles were trash and he once dated ivanka trump so these this interview is (laughs) wild this interview is wild but oh, Quincy. what I wanted to shed light on, there are two quotes that I want to read to you all because I wanted to discuss colorism or as this term has been called, eroticized rage. This is, is, is a newly coined uh, term. So before Quincy blew up the internet on his day, <laughs> we had uh, the father of Beyonce and Solange and two, three others, um, Matthew Knowles. <laughs> He came out and let it be. <laughs> right. two or three I mean, listen, he spoke to Ebony magazine because good old Maddie has a book coming out named racism from the eyes of a child. And uh, if you all have followed Matthew Knowles or, or listened to any of the content specifically from Solange, her a, a seat at the table album included an interlude from Matthew discussing how he was pissed a lot of his adolescence because he grew up in Alabama, one of the most racist states. And he was, I believe, one of the first groups to be in an integrated school. So he had to deal with a lot of that Mm. visceral behavior on the outside of the school and people spitting and and throwing bricks and hurling the N-word at him and all different types of things. But Matthew and Quincy both uh, basically, let me just read to you all these quotes. So Quincy sat down with GQ. So this has nothing to do with the Vulture article, but I had to put that (laughs) out there. So he said, here's what you've got to understand. The interracial thing was a part of our revolution too. Quincy is notoriously known for dating white women and being married to white women. I mean, and his other daughter who dated Tupac that I just found. I didn't know anything about that until I watched the All Eyes on Me. All Eyes on Me is on HBO Go. And and, and Rashida's older sister dated Tupac. Really? They were dating when he died. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, they were together for a while. They were about to get married too. Yes. Um, What? Oh oh yes. Yes. You better watch All Eyes on Me. It's on HBO Go. I got my little subscription too. (laughs) By the way, the actress who plays Afeni in the movie, Afeni Shakur, who's Tupac's mom, every time she was on screen, she brought tears to my eyes. So I'm nervous about Black Panther because she's in that too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I wish I knew her name. So here's what Quincy said. Here's what you've got to understand the interracial thing was part of a revolution too because back in the 40s and stuff they would say quote you can't mess with the white man's money don't mess with his women and we weren't going to take that shit charlie parker was there um everybody was there and he was married to a white wife so he was saying it was a, a form of rebellion matthew uh part of his 
part of the things that left a smoking gun from his Ebony interview is Matthew mentioned that he was the last class. Matthew is a Fisk University alum. Okay. Um, he's also a member of Omega Sci-Fi fraternity. I want to put that out there. Uh, but his, his freshman incoming class was the last one that did not... I mean, the last one that did the paper bag test. Mm -hmm. So if you all don't know, I mean, get your Googles on. It's free. But uh, (laughs) a lot of people questioned, like, okay, if the paper bag test applied for Matthew's class, how was he able to get in? But I found out that it it only applied to women, of course. You could be whatever complexion man to get a degree. But, yeah, a lot of sororities, Alpha Kappa Alpha, people have histories of if you're darker than the paper Paper bag, bag, you cannot. I don't know, but I didn't know it was a men and women thing. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't know that either. Apparently at Fisk it was. Separatism is separate. Like you just keep dividing groups. Oh right? yeah. You can, anyone who's a potential ally, you just split them. Keep splitting them up. Yeah. So you, the majority. So so the power. it didn't matter if you were the color of Alec Weck or if you were the color of Paula Patton. If you were a man, you could get right. into Fisk. But you had to be a red bone, yellow bone. I wouldn't have been able to get in. All three of you would have been able to get into Fisk. I wouldn't have been able to get in. I would have been right at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been like, (laughs) please. Claim your light skin, baby. It's all right. right. (laughs) So he said he had to deal with that. And and also he revealed that his mom, which was, this was very popular in the South. So I'm I'm not trying to demonize uh, Beyonce and Solange's uh, grandmama, but this was very popular concept. His mother said, don't bring no nappy headed girl in my damn house. I saw that. Um, And so that spoke to colorism and power plays and things like that. So this is what Matthew told Ebony. He says, I have a chapter in my book that talks eroticized rage. I talk about going to therapy and sharing. One day I had a breakthrough. Uh, One day I had a breakthrough that I used to date mainly white women or very high complexion black women that passed as white. Passe Blanc is what they say in Louisiana. So uh, passed as white. Um, Where was I at? Where was I at? I actually thought when I met Tina, my former wife, that she was white. Later, I found out that she wasn't. And she was very actually, um, I mean, actually very much in tune with her blackness. My thing is Tina Knowles has never, or Tina Beyonce at the time, has never looked white to me. Not at once. Okay, so I read that. Not at once. I read that quote and I was like, is he saying like white as in Caucasian or white as in like whitewashed? Like I was, I think he meant white as in Caucasian. Because that does not make have any you zero spoken sense. Spoken to her, like that's you know what, I'm what I'm saying. saying? Like when like, you rolled you up on this woman as a black yes. man, you can't identify as a black. You can't identify a black woman when you right. rolled up on this Stop. woman and didn't come across her strikingly, uh, her striking features. And when she yes. opened her mouth, Tina is very country black, yes. country black, and she's very. She's always been in tune. Both right. Beyonce and Solange has spoke. Even Kelly Rowland has accredited Tina Knowles to uh, reaffirming her complexion when Kelly was feeling in secure mm-hmm. about being brown skin and Tina got that right on up out of her like <laughs> you are beautiful um, but anyway he goes on to say I have been conditioned from childhood with eroticized rage there was an actual rage in me as a black man and I saw the white female as a way subconsciously of getting even or getting back there are a lot of black men of my era that are not aware of this. So he's saying that he came to this conclusion in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my thing to you all is, especially to this beautiful black love married couple <laughs> in front of me, did you feel pressure, especially in a place like Orange County? I've never been, but I have heard from even Asian coworkers that it is extremely, it's notoriously known for being racist, Orange mm-hmm. County is. Yes. Did you mm-hmm. all fi- feel compelled to have a black partner? 
So uh, by college, no, because it really was. And I used to say that I was the characteristics in which I was most attracted to were most prevalent in black men. That's what I used to say. Because mm-hmm. people, oh, why do you? And I mean, I guess now that I'm older, I can't say. But no, because I feel like we 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 have a special bond as black people, right? It's an ex- it's an experience that you cannot fully understand unless you have experienced it. And I think that that is something to me that is important in a partner. Now, growing up, I remember I liked there. I I had a like three consecutive crushes on light skinned boys and my dad (laughs) pulled me aside and he wanted to make sure. Yes. He wanted to make sure that I wasn't just attracted to these boys because they appear to have more white in them Mm -hmm. and make sure that I didn't think that that was better. Okay, I see you, father-in-law. Yes. So (laughs) then I went and got the most chocolatey, chocolatey (laughs) boyfriend that I could find. Because I was like, no, no, no. Black is beautiful. I love my black. And I used to say, and I still do feel this way, even though my husband is clearly a light skin, uh, that I appreciate and love all colors of the chocolate rainbow. Uh, But I, I don't think that I ever felt pressured i just wasn't ever really naturally attracted mm-hmm. to any other race i actually find myself more now that we're married my eye wondering at kind of every man but not not like that but just i, I was about to say wait a minute got it backwards I was about to say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> different conversation welcome to kiss that, and tell yeah. <laughs> you really kiss Hold and up. tell yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. We talk about this all the time. We don't suppress our. Uh, I love that. Good. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You got to communicate. Yeah, yeah, we are human beings. I mean, I'm still attracted to black men, but I, you know, I might see a, a Latino puppy and be like, oh my god. You're like, attracted just, to what you're attracted to. We're just, human. Yeah, right. It's it's a genetic scientific thing. So right. to say like, oh, I'm married. All of a sudden, I can turn off my attraction right, switch. Awesome blind. It's yeah, not <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. but to answer your question, I don't think I felt a pressure as much as I had a natural preference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talked to, so maybe I was primed from a young age and just don't know. Okay. Yeah. As my sister always said when I was growing older up, younger. she's older. My, okay. si- my sister is about 13 years older than me. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's oh. she's definitely older. Talk about and, a gap. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. a gap. And what she always said was, if she can't use her comb, if she can't use her comb, don't bring her home. I, I, <laughs> I have heard that saying. Yeah, so and you all aren't from the South. No. Okay. Like so, yeah, exactly. I'm saying, <laughs> Super suburbs. I'm, you know, those little sayings a lot of the times are associated with down south. Yeah. But family, it's cultural, though. right? It, it, it because is. Because he said that to me when we started dating, and I understood what that meant. Yes. So Whereas that, if he said that to someone else, he might be like, what? what? So, I can use your yeah, comb. So that's, so that's what, my si- right what my sister always told me. And I can see how that was reinforced without me really understanding that. But I never felt pressured to bring home a black woman, as Joy was just saying, as I was naturally attracted to black women. My mom's a strong black woman. I have a lot of strong black women in my household and from aunts and my sister. So because of that, I was attracted to what I saw. And that was a strong black woman. And I had dated... Many people. I had dated white women. I had dated Latinas. I was attracted to Latinas in in high school, and I'm still attracted. As, as Drove was just saying, and beautiful is beautiful. I mean, white, yeah. black, Latino, right. yeah. Asian, Philip. It doesn't matter if yeah. you're if you're attractive. I'm going to recognize that attraction. Yeah. But when it when it comes down to it, and and the older I've 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 gotten, the more I understand is there's something about a black woman that can feel 
and uplift and and provide all the missing elements of a black man that I don't think any other race is able to do like a black woman can for a black man. Mm -hmm. And now let me be clear in these statements is I am all for interracial dating Mm -hmm. and we have my 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 brothers and engaged to a, a latina woman and they are in a great healthy relationship what i have seen and just from conversations in my own growth is there is a a connection between a black woman and a black man that is one of one that cannot be duplicated that cannot be replicated in in any way not saying that it any other type of relationship can't be successful but that that bond Mm-hmm. cannot be created the same way and the relationship and connection that I have with joy is truly a beautiful fascinating amazing thing and to have someone as your partner who understands what it's like to be a black man and understand the struggles that the black man yeah, yeah that I have to deal with and be, and be able to have a conversation and understand what black women have to deal with there's just a, a certain level of understanding, understanding that comes right. with because you have a partner you that it. you don't have to hold their hand correct and walk them through like this is why this pissed me off you don't have to explain yourself. yeah 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 right. and and, and there's a do-rag yeah and so there's <laughs> yeah. there's parts of it and some you know some people who are not black have grown up in very cultured society so they're primed in many different ways and that's why i said with my statement it is it is a fluid statement because there are there are exceptions to all rules but again that that bond and understanding is that you know what i'm going through and we can talk about issues that are only experience within the black community before, without with their brother their father correct their cousin, I, so it's really and I, I definitely think that like what matthew and quincy were speaking to is indicative of the time mm-hmm. right. um i don't really see that happening today i would hope nothing no. like that would happen but there That'd are like like uh, i think there are echoes of it oh yeah i was just about to say yeah. like Especially what uh man. what justin just brought up as far as like revering your mother and so you were at, uh, ended up being attracted to black women i See guys, black men on on the social media who have come from black women who dog black women twenty four seven. That is the the all the tweets. That I is got the a lot purpose to say of your them. tweets. Yeah. So it, it it works both ways. Jace, do you have anything to add to this before I weigh in? Yeah, definitely. I just had a conversation. I did an interview um on another podcast in Ferguson, Missouri, this past weekend, and I remember the woman asking me. Um, she brought up her cousin who is gay and black and dates white men and so she asked me my opinion on that and i was like you know love is love just like Correct. anybody else you know if he loves someone so he loves someone so but i do think that there is a moment when it's only this way like kind of like what your dad did like okay well let me check in with it myself am i dating this person because i'm trying to fit in with more with society what they said or try to get elevated in the gay community or trying to assimilate and right mm-hmm. because we're already knocked down as homosexuals let me try to get one up one notch as a black person so i'm gonna try to get one notch up by dating a white person so i think there's something to kind of look at that and but like i said love is love and i'm not going to tell somebody who is you know a black person or a white person or hispanic person not to date someone of another race because people tell me don't date someone that's the same gender so i can't really like say like it's not about telling people who to date but people do that mind your own right but But, that's not what 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 like the I, 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 do you feel compelled? Do you personally feel compelled to have a black partner? No, I don't. Okay. But all my partners who I have made my boyfriend have been black. 
Yes. Okay. Now, see, for me, this is complicated. And I really t- thought about this. And I had a conversation with another black trans woman who dates white men. I date outside of my race and I date outside of my race because I really don't have a choice but to. And some of you all are scrunching your face up at this. I can feel it through the podcast. And you can see it on me. <laughs> what I mean when I say that is I am attracted to black men. I really do like black men. Mm-hmm. But black men, in my experience, do not like me. And if they do, hold on, if they do, the the experience is hypersexualized. And I'm not doing this, I'm not saying this by saying that white men are some sort of savior because I've had my fair share of white men fetishize me and hypersexualize me. But I believe that because of white men's positioning in society Mm -hmm. and the privilege that comes with them, they don't deal with a lot of the stigma. I mean, they do to an extent but they don't have to answer to it like dating a black man like when i when i when i do entertain black men um few and far in between when they come knock on my door uh and i demand certain things like i'm i'm not just here for i always say this i'm not here for the male gaze i'm not here to be your secret i don't like being a secret but i notice that with black men of course they have to deal with the extra baggage of the the rhetoric surrounding like you're destroying the black family why are you right. with her da, 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 da. as with white men and their privilege they don't face that right they don't face they don't, fa- they don't no yeah. absolutely not they yeah. can date who they want to yeah. and a lot of the times i find that with non i shouldn't even just say white i just say people of color cuz i've dated different i'm middle eastern all different you types love of middle things. eastern well that's cuz they love me mm-hmm. more middle <laughs> eastern men give me attention than white i will say that however on, white BMW. but even even they have ish because there's racism you can't bring me home to mom so it's a lot like your mom don't want to see no black girl with no blonde hair no chocolatey girl with no blonde hair on your arm right. so it, it's still an uphill battle but i also noticed that i think it's because of experience a lot of white men um who have entertained trans women they know Without me even saying, like, this is the woman that I am, like, they treat me a certain way. Right. My overarching experience with black men, even though it's been fun, it has been sexual. But I understand what I'm saying is I understand what comes with that. Right. Mm. I understand what comes with that because it's a lot that comes with that. It will be a lot. Even though, like you all said, you share in the black experience. It is a lot to and even though parents love me it's a lot to bring me home for thanksgiving everybody's right. gonna have right. quite you know what i'm saying yeah. but again i feel like that's you as a black woman understanding the plight of a black man yes like so, so even that thing is there and i and i also find which someone brought to my attention is there's this inherent uh masculine masculinization of black women and that's whether you're cis or trans and i didn't think about this but a lot of black women are not looked at as dainty and feminine and soft they are looked at as militant well not even ghetto but just aggressive Mm -hmm. angry militant Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if you are hillary banks or Vivian Banks, if you know, original, original Aunt Viv. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes. It doesn't matter. That's just, so it's like, that goes hand in hand as well. Because if cis black women are looked at as quote unquote masculine, then I know that as a trans black woman, you are having certain, there's certain baggage. Right. Yes, baggage and prejudices. So it's very, very difficult for me. Ideally, yes, I would like a black man. Yes, but 
based on my dating experience and my dating history, that just has not been the case. It's been, you're my little secret, shout out to Escape, and it's been all about <laughs> the sex. It. But it's been all about the sex. Well, it's funny because yeah. you thought I was going to cut you off to dis- disagree, but I actually was agreeing with you because that's one thing I said about you know the interracial dating is that I paint this picture with this woman who is a straight black woman, and I was like, Imagine your boyfriend or your husband who does not Was communicate. Was she cis or trans? Sorry, a straight cis woman. Okay. Black. Okay. Um, and I was like, imagine the guy that you're dating who does not talk about anything. Imagine your father who does not communicate, who does not em- emote, does not do anything like that. Now imagine having two of those people in the same household loving each other in a romantic relationship. Black. I'm like, sometimes that shit don't work because we are not socialized uh, from the time we're born to be someone to emote we're socialized to have a woman to help us bring that out of us mm-hmm. so when you have two black men together mm. this is it's something that it, it, it clashes it can be a bit of a disconnect right right yeah, but i didn't when think you, about that either yeah right. but when we have other races you know like hispanics or even like white people they're not necessarily grown raised that way they're not raised yeah. to have a fight in them against the it's world a pri- it's a privilege, it's a privilege. Yeah. right so when you say that i completely understand and agree because sometimes it's easier to date someone of another race because they don't have to deal with you know the heartaches and the the attack from society not raised to be socialized to be guarded against the world mm-hmm. and that's the issue i've, I've been dated... out with white men who who love to show me off but i right. acknowledge that that's because you have no one to answer to yeah. right exactly you have nothing to answer exactly. to you don't have that rhetoric surrounding you destroying mm-hmm. the community because you're with the trans woman yeah so when you said that i definitely reconcile yeah. with what you said because i i could completely understand because there's been times i mean people i've dated well, I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with it? Because at this point in my life, I'm okay with talking about things. I could tell you exactly what I'm saying. If I change my mind the next day or the next minute, mm-hmm. I could also emote that as well. Yeah. There's some people who have no idea, black men in particular, how to communicate. Oh, yeah. Most and definitely. Oh, yeah. Like with, a, when it's with another man, it's difficult. It's difficult. So I completely understand when people go outside of their race when it comes to dating. Because sometimes, shoot me, but sometimes it's easier. And I mean, it, it's whatever floats your boat. And I think that this is a very nuanced and layered conversation. That's what I was going to say. So yeah. what we're saying, we're yes. not, you guys listening, we're not I banging it. gavels and yeah. setting it in stone. This I is think a, a either nuance. way is okay as long as you're not defaulting outside of your race out of hate. There it is. Or out of eroticized rage. Right. Shout out to Matthew Knowles. That is the most yes. important note of what yes. everyone has said here right. is, is we are... Saying I'm open to, yeah. I'm not yeah. against, I'm in support of love, love is love. Is love. We all, mm-hmm. like we all, we yeah. all support that. And we talk about the dynamics that comes from black man and black woman. But as Jace just said, you know, sometimes you grow up in a household yeah. with two black men who had fathers that never emoted, mm-hmm. but two black men yeah. come together. Yeah, we could have that same dynamic, but there's also a whole other side of that coin that is not healthy for us. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to understand and respect that dynamic. But neither you are saying I would not date a black right. man. All my exes are black. Exactly. Yeah. And, and mine are and not. And they're all exes. <laughs> also, I want to say there's probably a benefit too to being in an interracial relationship that we don't That we don't get. see. Yeah. So yeah. I think Tyler, it also my sister. Depends. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it all depends to too on what qualities you crave to have mm-hmm. uh, you know, brought out of you. As a person, as a before, human. Yes. Before we move on to Jace's topic, I want to end my topic with a quote from Laverne Cox. Yes, Openly loving a trans woman is a revolutionary act. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's move on. So, um, y'all know I love Uber Pool. Yes, we do. That is my jam. Like I say, it's the real world with the DD. Is it because you meet people or because it's cheaper? 
is because I well a little bit of both to be yeah. honest. Because if I could say three dollars <laughs> right. for me, it's the cheap part. Yeah. I don't care I about meeting anyone. Anyone. I saved that, a couple at, of dollars. At first it was because I was like, why I have time? So let me just save my three bucks, save my four dollars. But after a while, I started talking about the people, started talking to the people in the Uber pool, and it can became fun. I like, hate you. I know you would hate me. I would you hate. You put the earbuds in. You, oh, absolutely. And I'd be like, anyway, so. I don't mind little small talk. I know your name because it's in my thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Uber pools are a great experience for me. Um, but the other day, I was taking a pool, and I was driving through Hollywood and Fountain and something like that. And the woman driving our driver was saying that she wanted to get married and she was young and blah, 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 blah. And so the other passenger who was on disability and had a broken wrist or something like that, she said that I don't want to get married. And the girl driver was shocked. And she was like, well, what do you mean you want to get married? She was black, by the way. And the other girl with the broken wrist was Hispanic. And she was just like, well, I just don't see it on my cars. I've had a long life. I've dated a bunch of fuck boys, yada, yada, yada. When you get older, you'll understand. And so she was just like, no, like, this is what I want in life. I want to get married. And this is what it is. I've always wanted to get married. And so for me in the backseat, actually, I was actually being quiet during this conversation, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking like, do I want to get married? And we've talked about this before on Kissing Tour Radio where I'm just kind of on the fence. Like if the right person comes and like, yeah, I will definitely get married. And I have had a very interesting um, dating life in my 20s. And I'm kind of (laughs) at the point where I'm in my 30s. I was like, look, if you don't enhance me, I don't want you in my life. Be gone. Facts only. Be gone. I I ain't got any time for that. Um, So I wanted to kind of talk about um, our generation in particular, our viewpoint on marriage, because you guys are married and it's rare. You know, I'll just Very. my birth certificate the other day, and my mom was 26 when she had me. Mm-hmm. I'm 30 years old, and so she was 26 when she had me. That means she, she was 24 when she got married, mm-hmm. which I don't know any 24-year-olds that are married now. No. So I kind of want to get you guys um, all take on marriage the way we view it now as our generation, and also how does that correlate with our sex lives today? Man, that's a loaded question. I'm going to start with the first one in marriage. I think that the generation that our parents grew up in, the societal structure and standards and norms are completely different than what we are growing up in. So I think we have to first start by looking at the expectations of of our parents, the economic resources that were available, the education and the opportunities that were available are vastly different than what our generation has. A lot of our parents didn't go to four-year colleges and then pursue master's degrees. So at 18, 19 years old, they were out there working. So at four years, five years into the professional world, they're 23, 24 years old. They're at a more mature state than our 23 and 24-year-olds now. They meet someone, they decide to get married around that age. So the, the Mature fan, financially mature. Yeah, financially mature and more just by being responsible. I mean, I didn't, I mean I, if you're I, in college for four years, you're not You're, you're not growing you're not up really like gr- that. I mean, you, <laughs> you, correct. Yeah. Is that, I, mean, I was turned. Yeah, and that, exactly. You were turned. Like our parents yeah. weren't turned. I mean, if yeah. you were in college, it's just a completely different. Now, I, I beg to differ because both of my parents they actually met in undergrad and uh but i believe just to piggyback off like mm-hmm. what you said the, just the circumstances were different like 100%. my mother mm-hmm. i you know and i hope she doesn't mind me sharing this but my mom and my dad got into one of the the biggest arguments that they had gotten into to the point where my mom stormed out of the church Ooh, the, church yes this Ooh. was the re- rehearsal wedding re- the night before oh. the wedding oh, no. 
And I said, Mom, you didn't take that as a red flag. And, you know, in hindsight, and granted, my parents were married for 20 years prior to getting divorced. So that should be noted. Um, but she said that she she didn't know how to take it because the atmosphere. My mother is a southerner. She has five other sisters, four brothers. She's the youngest of 10. So she had the influence with everybody being married. And my grandmother, like, this is what you are supposed to, to do. do. So yeah. I never even right. had the conversation with her to ask her, were you even ready? Yeah. And I even believe with my father, not to psychoanalyze him, I don't believe my father was ready for children. I believe that my father had done what society told him he was supposed mm. to do. He had the degree. He had the job. He had the bride. Now, where are the children? And then here, my yeah. sisters and I come. So I I know that the resources were different now. Mm -hmm. Women today are way more independent. Just like when I see those memes about how our grandmother stayed with, the, I always talk about this. Grandma stayed with dusty ass grandpa because she didn't have any other choice Correct. she didn't have any money she didn't have anywhere to go and she likely had seven to 15 children yes. so she had to stay with your trifling ass granddaddy <laughs> that was not out of you know and they made it work like they were married for 50 some years because they had no women and I, and if i'm not mistaken i don't believe like divorce was legal until the 70s like where a woman could file like only men could file I'm going to have to we're going to have to get on our Googles for that in right. this thread. But I could have sworn, um, if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't until like 1970 somethings that women could opt that's to get out of the marriage. Yeah. That's yeah. trifling. It and, was and, only men. And so as you said, I mean, all these factors are just completely different than they were than in our current 2018. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. And a lot of too, why I think a lot of people have this jaded view and, and perspective on marriage is because of. We see so many marriages now ending. Dissolve. I mean, we oh, are. Yes. I mean, one out of two marriages now are yeah. ending, and it's what? Over fifty percent. Yeah, it's like lower than like that's ridiculous. And and when I sit here and, and I talk to other people, and they just have such, just such disdain for an institution that they've never experienced, mm -hmm. I, I I get confused, and I was like, okay, I, I please explain your point. But it, it, to me, what it all boils down to. You know, with 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 the, speaking just for for us within our marriage and why I was not afraid to do it is I got to a point in our relationship with Joy that I was ready to take my relationship to another level. Mm -hmm. And you can only reach a certain plateau as long as you are boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't care if you guys are together for five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, thirty years. If we were at the boyfriend and girlfriend level, that that, that that's just where you stay. When you become engaged and then you become a husband and a wife, there is a complete, there's a completely different shift, mental, emotional, spiritual shift that occurs when you get married. And it is this responsibility that comes over you like a wave is that I am now responsible for another person. And it helps that you all are friends. Yes. Because mm -hmm. marriage, a lot of people go and into marriage. Partners. Go mm -hmm. into marriage. I uh, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I, I get what you're saying. Mm. A lot of people go into marriage. I, I believe I've never been married, but... Uh, just a lot of examples around me strictly off of love. And I, I think that they forget that way. it's a contract. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a legally binding contract. And it's important to have, it's important to marry a friend. It is important to marry a friend. And, and you all seem to have great communication. And um, I don't know. I, I guess I would judge the girl that you were in the Uber with who, cause I don't know how to say Which this girl? without sounding problematic. The, wrist or the driver, the driver. Okay. And I don't know how to say this. This may come off problematic, but I side eye women whose end all be all is to be someone's wife because there's so much more to life. Oh, yeah. There is no. so much more to life. I... Marriage, in my opinion, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
marriage is, if that is a personal goal you want to set for yourself, absolutely. But to make, for her to challenge the other girl's Mindset, idea right, yeah. and, and the way, in the manner that she did, she may need to step back and and get to journaling and 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 do some soul searching because that is if that yeah. is your end all be all in life because that's what it that's what it sounds like that's what it sound like, like why would yeah. you want to be married like she's breaking out in hives about it you need to do some soul searching sis I think that here's the thing every people have <laughs> the habit especially within the community of women forcing what you want on other women oh yeah oh yes they don't necessarily want that i know people who want to be married but don't want to have kids or people who don't want to get married don't want to have kids people mm-hmm. who want to have kids and don't want to get married there we're all over the board and it is wrong to force what you want on other women now <laughs> marriage is not for the faint of heart it is not a fairy tale it's not this thing you do because it's cute yeah like it's, it's <laughs> or for instagram likes yes. because you just fulfilled your pinterest like, board marriages and again like you said like i married my very best friend and i i do love him and i like him but there are days where the difference <laughs> love well, like two, two yes. very different things yes. we have an episode called yes. like verse love i'm uh-huh. pretty sure the name of a title right yeah and there there are days where i might not be liking you very much but i still love you there are days where i love you and i'm like you know i don't i don't like you today so again and love will not ever sustain any relationship and um the other thing i have bullet points in my head sorry the (laughs) other thing that i wanted to say is that when you don't get married this is because it's my one pet peeve with people who say like oh i don't want to get married. i want an oprah steadman yes and they they think it's okay so which is fine by (laughs) me and justin touched on this i get irritated when people think that that is like the same thing as marriage like it's basically the same thing no. if it were basically the same thing no. you would get married yeah because it's basically the same thing read them girl so, yeah <laughs> so that is my one pet peeve i also want to piggyback off of something that you said when you said marriage is work because mm-hmm. I, all of my girlfriends from college damn near all of them are married mm-hmm. it's so irritating because of course it ruins girls night for me i'm the only one without <laughs> yes. child and without a man right so they get to planning trips as families and i'm like uh Hello. no i i mean they're still courteous enough to invite me but absolutely no yeah. i don't I definitely don't want to go to that yeah. no, timeshare and babies. It's all about life, babe. With, with yeah, you and your, you and y'all and y'all husbands and these kids That's running 0% around. fun for you. Yeah. What am I going to be know. doing? Thotting around. Thotting yep. <laughs> around. But I do want to mention that, because uh, I've had conversations with friends about this. Uh, like you said, marriage is work, but there's a vast difference between the wedding and the marriage. And I feel like a lot of people yes. get married mm. for the wedding mm. and they don't think about when the other shoe drops. I'm hitting Shar's bell for it. Also, also about imposing um, about how women as a as a culture we can impose our beliefs beliefs on other women. Um, I remember one time Oprah said she you need to know if you have like the mommy gene, the auntie gene, or like the pet parent gene. And 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 the sooner you the sooner you know that the better because there are so many women who like bring children into this world who don't don't have the mommy gene. Yeah. And Oprah said that she knew uh, early on that she's the auntie and she's yeah. perfect perfectly fine right. in that role and that can evolve too the over time and it yeah. can it can but but it, it needs to be solid throughout right. your walk with your relationship you don't mm-hmm. need to be popping out babies and you don't know if you want right. to be a mom yeah. that's not fair fun. to the child like, what's no. interesting is i've always felt like years. i have the mommy gene i want my own kids i don't have the auntie gene i don't have the play like 
I feel like your kids are your kids. You should take care yeah. of them. I do not want to babysit. But I'm <laughs> so excited to yeah. have my own. I don't know what I that think is. I'd be a great mom, but okay. I don't want babies. Maybe it's because I don't have the man in my life. I don't yeah, have right. that. But I, I certainly there. don't want babies right now. But I know I'd be a fantastic well, mom. Well, right now, me? no. You're not even. No. I'm, there's I'm, nothing to even One mouth to feed and one ass to wipe is enough. And that's my own. <laughs> but mm-hmm. see, there's so much strength in that, too. There's so much <laughs> Can you imagine a playpen yeah. in the corner? Right here, and me telling them to be quiet while we're recording. Oh, no, it's not no. oh my god! But gosh. again, I can't see it. Though. When you said you'd be the best mom, you'd be, I would be a good mom. Look. Yeah, I would be a good mom. Yeah. Absolutely, just a look. Yeah, I think yeah. that because I just think, in my experience, and then coming out as gay as well, kind of hindered or altered my mindset when it came to marriage and the institution of marriage. Because when I was younger, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to marry a girl, and it's going to be easy. I'm have my three, my 2.5 kids, and my SUV. <laughs> And my life. I'm sorry. Who who was the point five? (laughs) I'm statistically in the U.S. Yeah, I'm going to have a little person as a child. Um, No, but I wanted to have like the perfect life, and I thought I was equipped for that, and I was set up for that as Mm -hmm. well for my parents, my upbringing, my college background, everything like that. But you know, coming out as like, hey, I like to suck dick, kind of swayed that narrative. And so when I was dealing with that um, in the Colcorn in my dorm room. I think Prop 8 had just maybe passed, but then it was taken away. And so the idea of marriage, I was just like, I can't get married. So, like, why am I going to even, like, entertain that mindset? Mm -hmm. And so for the longest time, I think that kind of fueled my party stage even post-college. Because after college, I was like, all right, Mm -hmm. let's turn up. Good introspection, James. Yeah. And so I was just, (laughs) thank you, Shar. But I was just, like, partying it up because I knew that even though I dated this guy, I could date him for five years, 10 years, 15 years, like you said, but I could never marry him because Mm -hmm. that was illegal in the country. And on top of that, who I'm around doesn't want me to get married. And so I kind of went on this path of, like, all right, let me just party and, like, date these boys or, like, have sex with them and then, you know, I love you, but there could be no end because I wanted marriage and the end all be all. And mm-hmm. I knew I could not get that from the person I was with. Um, and so once they passed the law three years ago, I mean, that was kind of towards the end of my raging phase. And um, <laughs> shut up, Char. I, I didn't say anything. <laughs> you <The> have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, Joy is my kind of girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have a good time. Um, but I think now. I can speak for uh, the community, especially the black gay community, that marriage is such a new concept for us to digest. And That's what we real. wanted before is, is, is very fresh. And the divorce new. rate amongst black gay men. On top of that, too. Because they're like, ooh, yeah, we can get married. Now let's get married because they passed the, ball, passed the law. Two and then, men in a relationship sounds so exhausting it's to me. Exhausting. Like, girl, girl doesn't it? For you. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, that's just. And it, you, you talk about work. We can't even get to the marriage part. Yeah. It is work before even, like, second date. Like, Ugh, I don't no, maybe I did. Like, yes. It's and then you're trying to just pull feeling. out the emotions and it's yes. not working because we don't, they don't know how to speak. And it's just, it's a lot. But with sex, though, you know, we're, you, you know guys are married. You know how to get to that part. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Well, I'm talking about sex and marriage. So okay. before, sex was acceptable because women in particular, um, you know, when you're married, it's okay to have sex. Yeah. Um, but after that, it's not really that okay. So just really quickly, what is your take on our generation having sex as single people? Oh, I didn't have 
good time. I, 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 you know, I think, and so for us, Justin and I were sexually active for four years, and then we were celibate for three. I was and just a half. about to touch on that. Yes. I'm glad that you hopped into I it. I got okay. you. That's a segue. Um, but the, <laughs> the reason why we were celibate is the Lord genuinely on, screamed T. in my ear as you were washing the dishes. As I was washing uh-huh. the dishes, you, I took my notes. I appreciate you right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, that I needed to stop having sex and I kept washing dishes that I didn't hear that and that hurt again gotta stop having sex so our situation was different but before that I was having a grand old time and I think part of me felt some type of way but again I was raised you know Christian and mm-hmm. I, you know my values were there and part of me did feel guilty but I was open to having a good time and I didn't think that it's wonderful uh, for women to grab hold of their power and sexuality. My pussy, my choice. Yes. Like, I think all of that is wonderful. Like, if that's whatever floats your boat. Like, same with uh, marriage and kids and all that. I don't believe in, and this is fairly new for me because I used to be judgy wedgy. Justin will tell you. Uh, but I, I genuinely believe that everyone needs to live their truth. Mm-hmm. And if your truth is that you're horny every Saturday, but you don't want to be in a relationship and it's not because you're broken on the inside, it's just because that's what you want. Because you're I, just Samantha. Right. Yeah, I, right. Sex in the city. I think Free. you should do it. Now, if you are broken in the inside and you're like, I need this man to replace the void that my dad left, then yeah, you got to like you gotta work on that. Yeah, see, the sex isn't the answer. But I don't know. I think... The most it's, in, the most important sex. part of the whole sex conversation, whether you're married, you're in a relationship, or you're single, is understanding the role sex plays in your life mm-hmm. and understanding the power and purpose behind sex. In our relationship, sex was a distraction. Mm-hmm. When we removed the sex away from our relationship, it allowed for us to grow intimately mm-hmm. in so many different ways That's that where we, had, came from. we had no mm. idea because sex was in our way. So our intimacy levels grew, our communication levels grew, our respect levels grew. We grew as individuals. So, I, you know, I just want to piggyback off of that because recently I had a traumatic experience last June that I will not get into. <laughs> Those of you who are in my personal life, you know. Um, and so I pulled all the way back because I used to have a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. My celibacy, because I listened to you all's most recent um, show and I did have a few follow up questions about what you all talked about with celibacy. But I noticed that mine came, I think mine came as, as, as two things. Mine came as reclaiming my damn time. Shout mm-hmm. out to Maxine waters and i also noticed that within my hormone replacement therapy Mm -hmm. the more estrogen that i have the lower the libido is oh yeah so and you know you can't engage in sex if you're not horny unless you feel obligated to which i never did and so it forced me to challenge a lot of men that were in my face and in my dms as to okay what else what else is going Mm -hmm. on because i'm not going to do anything sexually with you because I legitimately don't want to do not want to. It's not that you're not cute. I just don't feel it. Like Cardi B said, she had butterflies in her vagina at the Grammys. I didn't have any in mine. (laughs) So, uh, so, so that was interesting. And then also as far as what I spoke to earlier during my topic, just the hypersexualization of my existence, just being a trans woman. So oftentimes men take the humanity out of that and just look at me as like a walking sex doll or, Things. So it yeah. just, like I said, it, it all goes back to... But you do know that's to, part of being a woman, not yeah, just like yeah, yeah. trans women. But okay, I feel yeah. like trans women, it's a little bit more nuanced. It's Agreed. more fetishized. Yes, because I, yeah. I once had a guy, and I shared this story, I once had a guy when I first moved to L.A. I was hanging out with this guy, um, and he told me that he purposely, I don't know why he told me this, uh, <laughs> but he told me that he purposely pursues overweight women and trans women. And I said, why? And he said, because they're always looking for love. <gasps> That is what he told me. 
That but is what he told me. Had, I've had. I was floored. Multiple male friends tell me that they go after women with low self esteem because yeah. it's like easy. It's yeah. a guaranteed game in the back. And I know like, I got meals. I know I got sex on call because I'm attractive. He was attractive. <laughs> right. And you all are going to be at my every backing call. Yeah. And we wonder why society is as screwed up as it is. I mean, it's the truth, but it's a nasty truth and it does need to be fixed. Yeah. So that is that is what I am grateful for, because in my earlier years, uh, prior to transitioning, I was girl, I was all over the place and nothing's wrong with that. I was all over the place, though. But I firmly believe that within these past five years of me medically transitioning, Mm. um, it has really forced me by the grace of God forced me to find other alternatives Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like I don't feel compelled to do anything what get tested for what like I haven't done you know (laughs) like anything and so so, uh but it also like I said and I'm not on any like crazy Steve Harvey 90 day kick like if I want to have sex with the man on a first date I will Mm -hmm. but it comes it I I gotta sniff you out I gotta see what you're what you're talking about I understand what you're saying too about like obviously the hormonally because since getting married because when we so we were celibate for a while and then justin was ready to just jump right back on the horse because you guys started this out as 40 days right yes Yes. how did it go from 40 days to four years it well because we were we were cuddling one day and justin was like i you know think it's gonna be a lot later or a lot longer than 40 days actually i think this is the day we committed to it and i said yeah me too and that was kind of the only thing we said about it. And then somehow we got to it's going to be marriage. Yeah. It just made sense. It de- and it made sense to both of us. Yeah, it, gotcha. it developed in a way where at first it was an ordained thing. But the benefits that were coming from celibacy, right. they were too they good. Were, they were, right. yes. Wonderful. So I wanted I wanted to keep going to see how else we can explore. Wow. Yeah. And I want to try this in my next relationship. Yeah, 40 days turning into 20 I think so too. You have nothing to lose. You really have nothing to lose. Because all your, all your, doing is you are stripping you are stripping the power of sex yes we are in a hypersexualized society yeah. we are a hyper hypersexualized hypersexualized generation yeah and when you remove the one thing that society has given all the power to mm-hmm. you when you remove power from the most powerful thing you are now in control and no so, longer sex is in control. So during you all's most recent show, because we got to wrap this up, it's almost time, guys. Yeah, during yeah. you all's most recent show, you said uh, uh, one of you all were quoted, I believe it was you, that was quoted as saying, um, with celibacy, you gave up all aspects of sex. Does that include like masturbation? Like what does all aspects of sex so mean? So it, it originally did, yeah, <laughs> business out here. You better put it out there. I'll business. put it on front street. It don't matter. So basically, like that kind of stuff was like on us. Special, like you just couldn't. You about to go crazy. More, yes. Yeah. But also, you <laughs> you get to the point where you exhaust that. You're like tired of yourself. You're like, this is. You're not answering whack. this question as well. <laughs> I was like, or, oral just sex. Saying, what's that? Oral sex and physical sex was no. We had no oral yeah. sex and no physical sex for three but and a half years. But if you needed years. to rub one out, we, you if, would. yeah. There, the, honestly, the first time it happened for me, I had a, a wet dream and <laughs> busted myself. Even as and, a grown man, as a grown man, that because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to masturbate. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. 
I woke up out of the yes. sleep and my body said, brother, you're done. You're done. So I was like, <laughs> that, I was like well, if my yes. body's telling me, I think I'm good to proceed on this level. But yeah. see, part of our celibacy, I think, oh God, I'm putting my business on front street. It's kiss and tell. I, it is right. kiss and tell. I kissed and I told. Or told. Uh, so I'm, I threw away all my toys, like all my, oh. my goodies. Like I had a ceremony. <laughs> we walked to the dumpster like Girl. we were serious about this. Yes. <laughs> Together? Because I had to give Those toys it. cost a pretty penny. I know. Oh my god! I'm aware. So like, I took this so seriously, but then when it was time to in moments of desperation, I was like, oh. But then I had to learn how to. No, I had to learn how to go without, which I had never really done. Make a a snack tray, charcuterie. No, (laughs) no, I learned how to like. I call it manual labor. I learned manual labor, and I got really what is manual labor? A Virgo. Were you cleaning the house like crazy? (laughs) No, I mean manual. Like I was manually servicing oh. my <laughs> I like you that she was manual. washing dishes yes no, because I didn't have any toys yeah no oh no. Like I do get cleaning moves, even though I'm not. So my <laughs> manual labor, I'm, yes. I'm coining that. Yes. <laughs> when you all get to this point of the show, hashtag manual labor. Yes. <laughs> let us see. So hashtag oil change. But I got good at it because with toys, you don't have to do all that. Like you just, yeah. and it's a quick situation. But again, I got more into it with my body, which I thought Ooh. was really wonderful. Like that I is. just, I think that's wonderful too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like pro all sexual awesomeness. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I love it. So we're gonna jump into this game real quick. Mm-hmm. So this be kind of interesting because you got to take off your earphones okay both of you and so we're gonna start off with questions so i'm gonna ask a question first question is gonna go to uh joy okay so justin you have to close off close your ears and then we're gonna ask <laughs> not you <laughs> so we're gonna ask joy a question okay you're gonna i'm gonna ask you a question you're gonna answer it and then into the mic and then he's gonna answer it his way okay. all right so the first question is can you hear me justin Perfect. Guess not. Okay. So what's Justin's favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, that's hard. I'm going to go with. You got three seconds. Okay. Uh, let's go with the uh, cookie dough. Cookie dough. Okay. Tap Justin. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Either rainbow sherbet or cookies and cream. Oh. Millennials, I don't know. Oh, all right. She said cookies and cookie dough. She said cookie dough. dough. No, you love the cookie dough. I do like the cookie <laughs> dough. Apparently cookies not. And cream and rainbow sherbet are my flavorite. Cookies and cream. All right. Yeah. Does Joy. sherbet even count? No. No. Okay, so cookies cream. and cream then. Cookies and creams. Well, it's not cookie dough, so you lost. Right. <laughs> all right. Okay. So Joy, cover your ears. Is it my turn again? No, no. no Joy, cover your ears. You cover your ears. All right. So Justin, what is the first thing Joy would buy if she won a million dollars? You got three seconds. Three seconds. A home. Okay. Okay. Joy, yeah. what is the first thing you would buy if you won a million dollars? Three seconds. Freedom from corporate America. Oh. <laughs> I will read the answer. bell to that. However, yeah. Justin said a home. Oh, you guys are flopping. <laughs> That's flopping. We got two more questions to go. We're like Justin, closed. ears closed. Two more. Okay. I'm covering my ears? Yeah. Cover your ears. So, Joy, uh-huh. what is Justin's most, most unique birthmark? Uh, Three unique? seconds. Oh, my God. I know I know your birthmarks. Oh. My <laughs> um, leg is in the air, oh, by the way. Ooh, I, can't, I can't say where it is, but he knows. He'll say it. 
Okay. It's, it's a private part. It's a private part. Okay. Justin, Justin. where's your most, uh, what is your most unique bi- uh, birthmark? birthmark? <laughs> <laughs> Should I say it publicly? Yep. It's on the, the tip of my dick. <laughs> and there we go. Right, okay. <laughs> her leg was in the air. I was about to say, she definitely put her leg in the air. Okay, so final question. Final question. Joy Cover your closed. Final question is. <clears throat> oh my god, this. Oh, there we go. Um, that what means is you can Joy's, never have any nudes leak. Right. What is Joy's proudest moment in life? Oh. Three seconds. Finding her wellness journey. Okay. Her, her wellness journey. I just saw gestures. What's the question? What is your finest or your proudest moment in life? What? (laughs) Proudest moment in life? In life. Three seconds. Oh, over uh, mental well, uh, mental health, like overcoming. You got it right. Oh, you guys got it right. (laughs) That was a fun one, Jace. Good, congratulations, you got um, fun one. It's fifty percent, but great job. (laughs) We'll be Uh, close with the cookies. So can we get a D minus, sixty percent? I know. I was getting hungry too. I know. I have some lentil soup at home, but I may need a sweet. I got some mocha almond ice cream at home too. I do have a funfetti cupcake left over. Yes, those were so good. And Patron, and they were vegan. Thank you guys. Oh yeah, because you all are vegan, right? <laughs> vegan, celibate, and black, and married before thirty. Yeah. Unicorns. Are y'all still so. currently celibate? No, no. hell oh, no. I was about to say. Oh that my gosh! Really no, I said we experienced. We experienced. Took away the meat and the meat. <laughs> <laughs> what a lot. Um, okay, so my kiss. It's time for the kiss and tell kudos. Yes. All right, time for the kiss and tell kudos. All right, so my kiss and tell kudos goes to uh, Broadway's Douglas Carter Bean. The New York Post reported today, and I shared this on Char Says So on my Twitter and Facebook, both Char Says So, that Tu Wong Fu might be headed to Broadway. If you're not familiar with Tu Wong Fu, it is a movie starring Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo. Um, And it's about three New York drag queens who travel across Mm -hmm. the country to compete in a pageant. And along the way, they encounter racism, homophobia, and sexism, but also make friends with some of the rednecks. (laughs) Some of of the locals. And so, I I kid you not, I'm reading a direct (laughs) quote. They said, I would have said the locals, but the New York Post said the rednecks. And so, if y'all have never seen this movie, I believe that it's just recently started streaming on Netflix. Mm Mm-hmm. Pull it up. Uh, I know that it comes on Oxygen and even the BET sometimes. BET, yeah. um, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, I've wow, seen it on BET. Um, <laughs> but it's like late. You know when TV oh. used to be off? Yeah, like 2 a.m.? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> before paid uncut. program. Like yep. after BET the real, uncut. after Tip the real, drill. but before right. paid programming. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Tu Wong Fu uh, might be headed. It's not set in stone. And, and uh, Mr. Bean, who I mentioned earlier, Douglas Carter Bean, he is responsible. Like, he's staging a workshop for this show. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're doing this off of the strength of other shows like The Lion King, The Producers, Hairspray, mm-hmm. and Kinky Boots. 
Um, so yes, I'm excited about this. And I did would you say love to LA know the or New York or on tour. Um, we don't know yet. This is this one talks. Well, I'm guessing Broadway in New York. Yeah, because it says it's headed to Broadway. Yeah. I don't think Los Angeles when I think Broadway. I think New York. Yeah, Broadway. And I think New York. It would probably do better in New York as well because it's a very um, flamboyant. Well, that's film. Broadway. Yeah, that's Broadway. Well, Phantom of the Opera is coming to LA. I oh, saw Aladdin. Sequel. Aladdin was great. Mm-hmm. Um, if you all get a chance, slide by the Pantages Theater yeah. and check that out. The tickets were only like eighty dollars. Oh, it wasn't good. too bad. Eighty. Yeah, I had decent yeah. seats. I'm an Uber pool. So uh, yeah, that was my KAT <laughs> kudos and uh, Love Jay's Married Millennials. Tell the people where they can find you. You can find us on Instagram at Love Jays Official. Our Twitter and Facebook page is all different, so you can go to our website, lovejays.com. <laughs> all of our social media icons are right there at the top of the page, but IG, Love Jays Official. And the podcast, too. Listen to it. I tune in. Yeah. And it's a good, like, good. 45 to 50 minutes. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. It's it's I'm sure ours will be two hours this week. <laughs> yeah, but it's good and juicy that. content. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so you can, you can subscribe to our podcast. New episode every Tuesday. It's called Married Millennials. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play, and all the other places where you get your podcasts. Yes. What's the website one more time? Lovejays.com. L-O-V-E-J-A-Y-S. So it's not the lovejays.com. No. no, no the. I think in your bio I read the lovejays. I'm well, sorry. No, no, you're fine. People call us the lovejays, yeah. okay. but the website is just lovejays.com. And that's J-A-Y-S. Correct. J's, not J-S, or however you all would do that. <laughs> um, and so, Jace. you know, per usual, you can find Jace at Jace Barron and me at Char Says So everywhere. Please, 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 please be sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast. We love hearing you all's feedback, but guess what, babies? Twitter just ain't enough. Mm-hmm. My loves, Twitter is not enough. I need you all to head over to all of the various platforms that you listen to this damn show on, this wacky show, and rate us. You know, let let the girls know. You, can, you let, let us know Five what's going on. Five stars like Uber. Come on now. Okay, we're out of here. I love us for real. Until next week. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye, Monique. <laughs>